what's up, guys? Welcome back. Today I got a very special guest, Dave Risky, former Major League reliever, uh, played with the Indians, the Red Sox, the White Sox, the Royals, the Brewers. Who didn't you play for, Dave? I mean, seriously. <laughs> uh, but Dave, I want to welcome you to the channel. How's, how's it going, man? Very good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we're home. We are, we're not too far away. We're both in Las Vegas. Um, that's where all the ballers are at. Uh, <laughs> out in, I, not really Sin City. We live on the outskirts of everything. I, I don't know about you, but I have tried to avoid this strip at all costs, really. Never go down there. That's the yeah. funny part. Never go down there. Not a gambler, so I'm never down there. Yeah. Well, so now how long did you, um, how long have you been in Vegas? So I think we've, I've been in Vegas now for around 16 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I did not like it at first. I came from Seattle, but uh, it was very, very different. But now I, I, I enjoy the sunshine. That's what I enjoy, though. Yeah. Now, it's starting to heat up here. We're, we're going to, I think, get, hit 100 this week at some point. Uh, Wednesday, I think, we hit 100. <laughs> it's creeping up fast. Yeah. Well, I thought of, you know, when I started this channel, Dave, I thought of you in regards to, you know, you, you have a unique story, how you were drafted. We're going to dive into uh, Division One ball versus junior college baseball. Uh, what it's like to be a, a middle reliever pitching in the big leagues and kind of the mindset between a reliever and a starter. And now you've transitioned to being in retirement and coaching at Bishop Gorman. You know, everyone in the, in the country knows about Bishop Gorman. And so you now the pitching coach there. So let's start with, you know, when you were drafted, it was 96 out of junior college. Walk us through your kind of your story with getting to a junior college. Right. So it's, it's kind of a cool story. And I like, I, I don't enjoy talking about myself, but my story is really cool as far as kids really, you know, wanting to listen to this because it's, it's, it's cool. But anyways, I was in high school. I was a shortstop mainly. I, I pitched every now and then. Didn't pitch a lot in high school. Um, I had some offers D1 out of high school, but uh, my, I went from apartment to apartment with my mom, um, me and my brother. So we didn't, I didn't have a lot of uh, support growing up. Um, as far as what I should do as far as school or, or whatever. But I actually didn't take my SAT test. So I think at one day it was scheduled and my mom didn't know anything about it. No one really kind of was pushing it on me, the, you know, my coaches or anything. And I think I skipped my SAT test to go play pickup basketball. It was the <laughs> craziest thing. So anyways, I wasn't able to, to be able to play division one because I don't know what happened with all that. I never made it up. I never, I never took the test. It was okay. crazy. But anyways, I, uh, so I signed at uh, this junior college in Green, at Green, Va Green River Community College in uh, Auburn, Washington. Not a big school, not a big time JC at all, just a normal little community college, had a baseball team. Um, and I played there for two years. Um, and then I, my first year, I played a little bit of shortstop, but then I just got converted to a pitcher only. Um, but you had, couldn't hit. There you go. <laughs> I, I always thought I could hit. I always wanted to be in the big leagues. I always wanted to go to the big, the big leagues as a shortstop. That was my dream. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was, I think I graduated high school at 150 pounds, six, okay. one, 150 pounds. So I didn't, I obviously I didn't have a lot of power. Um, but anyways, I always had a good arm. So my junior college coach said, you know what, we just need to put you on the bump and, and go from there. And then I, I always had a lot of confidence. So I always thought I could get everybody out at any time. Um, and then I had a good year and then I got drafted, um, in the 56th round of the 96 draft. So I think there was probably 1,640 players taken before me. Wow. Crazy. Um, and, and, uh, the cool thing about that was the, 
um, my agent that drafted me, I actually, I mean, my scout that drafted me, he actually told me to my face. I think I told you this before, Jeb, but he told me to my face that I have no chance of making it. I'm drafting you as a favor or this, that, or a draft and follow, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but anyways, then I ended up making it to the big leagues in two and a half years. Wow. And then eventually stayed for around almost 12 years. So it's, it's a pretty good sto story. I could like dive into it even more, but it was, you know, I met, I had everybody against, I had my own father telling me that you need to go get a regular job. You're not that good in baseball. You're never going to make money playing this game. Um, I just had a lot of people against me. So I had to do a lot of prove. I had to prove a lot of people wrong. So how did you go about, cause that's, I think a lot of players, especially at the young age, they're teenagers, they're these evaluators are telling them you're never going to make it. And that, you, that can go one way or the other. You obviously took the, the right route. What was your mindset like when they told you that? Um, again, I was young and I, and I probably was like, are you crazy? Watch this. You know what I mean? And I knew, I knew I didn't have a lot of people in my corner, but I was like, I just, as a young athlete, I always just, just even growing up, I always thought I could beat whoever at any sport. And I don't care how big they were or what it was. I just had that belief. Maybe I was a little cocky, you know, maybe too cocky at times when I was younger, but I just, I, I, it didn't matter if I failed. I wasn't afraid to fail, but I was, I just was always come back and you know what, I'm going to get better and I'm going to beat them the next time. I just always had that in my mind. And I try to tell my own kids this too, because it's, it's kind of hard to teach that. Right. And it's, you see, I mean, some people just, there. You, I see so much talent around town here. And then you just, there's, there's, there's just so many kids that don't have that mental side of just, you know, getting through the failures. Right. Well, and it's, and it's almost like, well, you, you were good in high school, so they, you didn't have any failures. So how do you know? Right. Or something like that. Where right. It's, right. It's, there you go. Yeah. You know, sometimes the really good player doesn't meet that failure until double A they, you know, or even in college where they maybe struggle or even in the big leagues, you know, cause yeah. they just dominated at such an early age all the way up. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. So, so you get drafted as a pitcher and did you go right away from being a right into it as, as a reliever role? Yeah. So I, from day one was a reliever. I went, I got drafted in the 56th round and I went right to high A. I had a really good spring training and they sent me right to high A ball, which everyone was like, you know, they were like, Where, why are you going to high A? You should be going to rookie ball. And I don't know. I just, I had a good spring training. I threw a ton of strikes. Um, but I was a reliever. I think I was a setup man or closer my first year. And I was, I was a reliever from day one, all the way through the minor leagues and all my whole big league career. That's cool. So, so I, my guess is too, when they drafted you, they're like, look, this is a position player. Did you really only, did you pitch in high school at all as well? Or not? Tell? I did. I did, okay. but not a lot. I mean, okay. I was a, I was a shortstop and I, I would, I, you know, I probably started a couple games or whatever, but I didn't pitch a lot. It was just, I was just mainly a shortstop. So you had a, you had a fresh arm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. So you see, you're in the minor leagues, you start working your way up to the big leagues. Were you always a, a middle reliever at that point too? You maybe some closing situations. What, what was so your I, role in the minor leagues? So I was uh, my very first year in, in Kinston, North Carolina. I was uh, kind of a middle reliever. And then I moved up to setup man towards the end of the year in 97. And then from, after 97, I was a closer every year, every year in the minor leagues. So I went 98, I was a closer, 99, I was a closer. And then I got, you know, then I got called up to the big leagues in the end of 99. And then, you know, early part of my career, I was just, you know, a middle reliever. Um, 
And then I moved up to the setup man and got, a got the closers job for a little bit. And then mainly setup man and middle reliever the rest of my career. Okay. Walk us through, because obviously you, when you're not pitching, you're probably chatting a lot with other pitchers. Um, I know some relievers don't head out to the bullpen at the big league level till later on. It, it right. varies. Everyone's different. But what was it about for your – you mentioned that you had a different mindset in regards to being a reliever than maybe a starter would. Kind of elaborate on that. Well, as a, as a reliever, as a starter, they kind of want to kind of want to save your stuff, right? You don't want to go all out and let it let it all out right away. But I was 100% all the time, and I never gave in. And the biggest thing that was different for me was that, and I was telling you about this earlier, but I felt like I had to be perfect every time I went out there, and I I had zero fear, so I kind of pitched backwards too. So if there, let's say this guy hits, this guy is hitting the curveball this week really well but I'll throw him a curveball. It doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? Or if this guy, don't throw him a fastball. You got to throw him everything down away or bust him in or throw him soft, whatever it is, I will throw him my fastball. I just had that mindset where I don't care what this hitter is doing or how good he's this week is. I'm going to pound him with my best stuff and I have no fear doing it. So you didn't worry too much about a, a scattering report then you trusted your own stuff. Yeah. So every time, you know, we had the pitchers and catchers meeting before every game and we go over every hitter. I did study hitters a lot, though. I studied the swing of hitters a lot because I was always, always my feedback was the hitters couldn't pick up my, couldn't pick up my, the, the baseball. So I hit it. I had deception. I didn't throw the hardest, but they just, they felt like when they'd go back and watch it on, on TV or on film or whatever, they thought I was throwing like 98 okay. when they were up there. So I had a lot of deception and that's probably what helped me. But I just, I tell these kids now, I, I probably threw a fastball for 12 years in the big leagues, 98% of the time. Wow. You know what I mean? You see, in, in these high school, we were, especially when I'm coaching in high school now, like, you rarely see fastballs anymore. I mean, you <laughs> see curveball after curveball after curveball, which I get it. I mean, curveball is a hard pitch to hit, too. But yeah. I was just – I just had that mindset where I just like to attack, attack, attack. Did you go four-seam and two-seam? I did, yes. I threw both, um, but my my four seam, they kind of they called my ball the shoot toe ball. So I kind of <laughs> it would come in, it would go in, and they said it would rise, and it would just yeah. it would rise over the hitter's barrels. That's I mean that's the feedback I got. Yeah, so, I know. I think deception. Yeah, when you get deception, and like as a hitter, you you you're probably one of those guys when you walk back, you're like, dude, he just threw me three straight fastballs or five fastballs. I fouled three <laughs> off, and then I missed the last one. I'm like. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly what they said. You know what? And a lot of guys fouled, fouled my pitches off. That's what I had. I don't know if it just rose and hit the top of the barrel or whatever, but there, I, there, I gave up a lot of foul balls. Yeah. That late movement is, you know, when we're scouting players, that's a big part of, you know, if you have a flat forcing fastball and it's 90 to 96, yeah. it's going to get hit. If you, if you have some late movement, but that's, that, that's tough. That's For a whole sure. different I mean, game. Yeah. As pitchers, that's all we want to do. I want to miss the barrel. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to miss the barrel. Yeah. Was there any, um, let's say, at the big league level, you know, you're sitting in the bullpen. I can't even imagine the conversations that some of you, <laughs> some of you guys have, you know. Um, is there any conversation that stood out to you, maybe that you learned from some of your other teammates about the mental game and how to prepare and things like that? Oh, my gosh. I learned so much. I played with some really old school guys. I think when I first got called up, Mark Langston was in the bullpen with me. Wow. Paul Awesomacher. I mean, these are some old school guys. Mike Jackson. Mm -hmm. 
These are all Indians I, back in the day. Yeah, I right? played with some really <laughs> cool guys. And I played with some crazy guys, John Rocker. Okay. <laughs> Bob Wickman, just, just some really cool guys. But I used to pick their brains, especially as a young player. I used to pick their brains all the time. And if, even if it was like grips, different grips, or how they faced each hitter. or It's funny because I had a lot of older guys come to me and be like, how are you throwing this 88-mile-an-hour fastball right by Albert Pujols? Right. You know what I mean? It's like they were, like, they were dumbfounded. Okay. Um, but we just kind of, yeah, we would, we would talk with each other all the time about, about all that stuff. Um, and I liked, their, my, I liked asking them questions about um, not really um, – because everybody had good stuff up there, but I wanted to know how they attacked hitters in, in certain counts, in certain situations, and that's, that's what I really learned a lot. Yeah, that's, that's certainly, I would say, if I had something I wish I could do over again, and, and I, I think position players and pitchers are on a whole different planet in a way, right. Um, right. but just being able to go up to players more um, as a young player, because we kind of came up in the same time, we're about the same age, where right. you're in a big league clubhouse, you're young, like, you don't say anything, right? You oh, just, no. you walk around, you do your job, yeah. you earn your stripes, which I, I think there's a big part of that that makes a lot of sense. But I'd also think there's a lot of, of guys I, I felt I felt like I needed to learn from someone. And with, with how I was up and down personally in my career, I was like, like you hear all the like Mike Trout had, he has pool hosts, he had a Tory Hunter, um, right. you know, all these guys, these mentors that just, you know, hey, let's go talk about the game. I felt I really didn't have that. And that's something I wish I would have been more, I guess, I don't know if it's outgoing or just going up to a, a guy hey like i'm struggling here do you mind helping me a little bit right you know right. and so i think that's the difference with even when you're in a bullpen you're in that small little area you can right. go up to a guy and start talking to him hey i'm struggling with my my fastball command on the outer half like you got anything you know obviously you have your pitching coach to help you with that stuff right you have hitting coaches but there's something about player to player you know there, there's some trust there too you're completely right. I learned way more. I'm not taking anything away from coaches. I learned way more from my teammates. Yeah. And, and even, even guys, even the other teams that I'm playing with, you know, we're out shagging BP or whatever, and they're out playing catch, go over and talk to them if you know them a little bit and, and ask them about their stuff and their grip. I remember Mar Mariano Rivera showed me his cutter one day, you know, just when, during batting practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I learned so much, way more from players. And going back to what you said about, I mean, when you first get called up to the big leagues, it's intimidating meeting all these guys that you watched on TV. I mean, I got called up at 22 years old. I think you were young too, I think, but it's, it's intimidating. You almost don't even want to ask, you don't even want to say anything to them. No. <laughs> you just want to yeah. do your job. Just put and your head down and. <laughs> 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 right. But I know I was like that. And I was always told by the veteran guys that you are the best rookie ever. You didn't say nothing. You're so respectful. And, and I always loved that. They, everybody, all the veteran guys were so good to me, so good to me that, that's what I wanted to do when I became a veteran. I was always talking to the younger guys, always trying to help them out. I actually think I got in an argument with a manager one day because of how he treated a, guy, a kid that just got called up and was, uh, he abused him in the game one day. And I went in and yelled at the manager for this kid. No way. Because that, that's just yeah. how I, I, I loved helping younger guys because I was helped by older guys. And it just, I, I loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think that's if you're, say, a younger player, like in the high school age right now, and I think you can translate that into, let's say, if you're a junior or senior and you see some freshmen or sophomores that are struggling, you know, and you're, you're, you're have that maybe a leadership type, some qualities to you, 
being able to go up to that younger player um, after coach just jumped you for, for doing something wrong, or maybe you were soft, you know, in right. some, some aspect and, and just kind of putting their arm around them and n just being like, Hey dude, like you're fine. We're going to work through this. You know, that, that goes a long way. Oh, for sure. I mean, that, that, ha that happened all the time too. That, I mean, I, you know, as a player, you don't want to, even in high school or wherever, as a player, you want, you don't want the coaches mad at you or disappointed in you. You know what I mean? So then, you, like you said, they could go, you could go either way. And if a player comes up to you and helps you out and does what you say, it's it. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I, that, that kind of makes me think about the school you're at. So you're at Bishop Gorman right now, uh, private school, one of the best programs in the country, um, constantly in the, the top 25, you know, every year. You're now the pitching coach uh, for them. And you've, you've kind of dabbled and worked with them. And you have a, a son that is a sophomore this year. Is yes, that right? correct. So how is that working with these young players, what you've learned all the way up at the big league level? How are you helping translate that to these high school kids? When I first got into coaching my kids when they were like nine or 10, you know, the club ball days or whatever, it, I, had a really, I had a tough time just because I was just retired and I was still so competitive. Yeah. I mean, I, I, had a, I had a really tough time seeing how the game was played from other teams or how it was being coached from other coaches. And I was really hard on my boys. You know what I mean? I'm just like, why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? And then I, I learned a lot. And I actually learned a lot from Nick Garitano because we coached forever mm -hmm. together. Yep. And, uh, and then now that, I, now that I'm at the high school level, I've learned so much and I just, it's so fun because you know these kids, they're kids. You know what yeah. I mean? That, I get we want to win. I want to win at everything I do. Everything I play, I want to win. But these kids are just developing and they're learning. And that's obviously cool because of my resume is pretty good. So they respect me and they want to listen to me. But just teaching them the stuff that I know that I went through and all the coaches that I had, all the players I played with, I mean, it's just, it's so much fun to relay that stuff down to these kids. And it's, it could be anything. It's about, you know, life, not just, not just pitching. I mean, I like to, I like to work with the infielders. I like to do everything and just everything I, everything I saw throughout my career, I like to just relate to those kids. And it's, I love, absolutely love it. I feel like I'm giving back by doing it and it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's, what's awesome is you were able to play for so long and put yourself in a position to like, yeah, I can just go coach, you know? And I think that's really kind of what everybody aspires to do is do so well that I can, when I'm done playing, I'm retired. I can be with my family as much as I want to be, you know, and right. just be there for them. So yeah. you have, so with you, um, a lot of the players I've been talking to, they have sons that are coming up because we're kind of all the same age. It's like kind of right. that's work. Has your son, you know, cause he's kind of the same way he was, he's played a position he's doing some pitching. Uh, maybe the, maybe a pitching is his future as well. Is there anything in him that says, God, my, my dad's a big leaguer. Like this is really, this is hard to handle. This is a tough situation or kind of a tough thing for me because me and him used to butt heads earlier. We still butt heads a little bit right now, but um, he's, I feel like my son is so talented. Um, but it, it, we always try, even me and Nick Garitano, like, Nick, can you coach Peyton and I'll coach Nikki? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just one of those <laughs> things where it's, it's still dad and son, no right. matter what I went through. And I always try to tell him, I'm like, there's only one thing in this world I know and it's baseball. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so just mm -hmm. please listen to me. But right. no, it's gotten way better. Um, I, I've even explained to him a couple times, like even at, just at the high school level, I go, you're going to have a target on your back, buddy. You know what I mean? Like everybody, even with your son too, everyone thinks that our kids should be perfect. 
every time they get on that baseball field because of their dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. they got so much pressure. And I just, I always tell them, I'm like, you got a target on your back. So let's just go prove everybody wrong. No matter what anybody says, you just go be you and you try to be the best you can be out there. And that's all, that's all, that's all you can do. But it, it is, is tough at times. It is. It's so hard for them because they, they want to impress, you know, they, they don't want to be embarrassed. They, it's the family name or whatever. And they, they and they're also competitive. So they want to go out and do their thing. And when maybe things don't add up to what they, maybe their high expectations, you know, then they can get down on themselves pretty easily. And, and I, sure. certainly, I certainly went through that a little bit with my kid. Um, but it's, but it, it was actually something, uh, he kind of had some struggles his sophomore year, um, but he went through it. He's like, dad, I was actually kind of glad in a way that I struggled. And like, cause yeah. I, I learned a lot about myself is kind of how he explained it. Um, and I'm like, that's all I could ask, dude. Like you just yeah. keep asking questions be hungry to get better, work the process of getting better every day and don't worry about the final results because that will come, you know, and, and you're, they're so young. They think that if, if, you know, dad was a high draft pick, if I'm not in, doing the exact same things that dad did, then, then I'm a failure. I'm like, yeah. No, right. No, dude. Like right. this is a long journey. Like you might have to go to junior college first and then you might have to go to D one. Yeah. I don't care if you're a big leaguer or not. Right. right. I just want, I want you to do if play the game because you love it. Go get your education paid for. If you're good enough to play pro ball, it happens. Right. Right. Honey, yep. <laughs> we had, I have the same conversations and I just, especially the kids in high school. Like I just, I wish they understood how hard this game is like this. There's no game like this. I mean, to fail, what it fell seven out of 10 times and be a hall of fame, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. there's nothing like, like this game it is so hard and it'll, this game will humble you in a second Absolutely. and that's why i try to tell these kids like i know it's only the high school level but why are you putting so much pressure on yourself you're 16 or 17 years old mm -hmm. like who cares and yeah. i remember hearing this from i think it was from oral hershiser a long time ago he said something like try to or he said something like make the best decisions you can and just live with the results and obviously we don't we don't want bad results nobody wants bad results but this game, you're going to get a lot of them. It's the ones that can just be even kill and, you know what I mean, and move on and be like, you know what, I'm going to get better. Today I gave up a two-run homer and lost the game, but I want to come back out tomorrow and I want to dominate them. I'll get them back. You know what I mean? And I think Absolutely. today, in today's world a little bit, the kids are just, I don't know, I don't think they're as mentally tough. And I'm a little biased, but, you know, when we grew up, but I just, I don't know, they just, if something's not going right, they want to transfer. Something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're. And it's not even the high school, it's, it's colleges now they're transferring if things aren't going right. I just, I always had to, if something's not right, I had to, you know, stick with it and do something about it. So true. I, I mean, if, if you're going to go play this game and you don't think there's going to be some obstacles, then you got a, something coming to you, you know, because right. there's, I had a conversation the other day, we're talking about players like, and when you start putting players, let's just look at locally. We have Chris Bryant here. We got, Right. Bryce Harper, Joey Gallo, right? These are monsters at the big league level. Right. And it, they will not get sent down unless they have a rehab assignment and they to play in the minor leagues. So they don't know what that's like. Right. But you, we're talking about these are potential Hall of Fame players. Right. Right. That even as you go up through the minor leagues, like you probably might get sent down. You, you know, if you kind of look at some of the big players, Mike Trout got sent down. Right. You know, it, yep. it's, so it happens. But yeah, if if you're gonna play this game and something crappy is not gonna happen to you, 
you know, you, you got to just prepare yourself for it to happen. And that's, that's obviously what we're trying to accomplish here. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's what I do tell the kids and at Gorman. I'm like some of them, and I like the cockiness. I like confidence. I, I think confidence goes a long ways, but there's some kids, you know, they'll get a little, you know, stretch it out a little bit or whatever. Hey, I'm telling you, this game's going to, some pitcher will humble you in a second. You think you're a good hitter right now? Just hold on for a second. <laughs> and same thing with a pitcher. You're going to, Hey, you think you're dominating every hitter right now? Someone's going to catch you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and I think the game and the players police that pretty well, you know, it's yeah. in, in regards to maybe a guy showing up some other guys and right. Uh, they seem to kind of take care of that in a hurry. So, right. <laughs> yeah. But no, so that's, is there anything in particular that you want to share either from your pitching experience or your coaching experience that you really, maybe your number one nugget for, for our listeners? I just, it kind of goes back to how I, I, you know, I hate saying how I was, but I just, my, the mental side of how I approached every sport or even, even pitching or even when I was hitting, I just always had a belief that I could be better than that person in the batter's box or that person on the mound. You know what I mean? I just, I always had that belief. I mean, no matter how I was feeling that day, I felt like I could beat them. And if I didn't beat them, I felt like just give me one more chance and I'll beat them. I just, I don't know. I wish, I wish just kids were, were not afraid to, to fail or to lose. You know what I mean? Cause there's so many like showcases now and there's so many like, so much, so much stuff out there right now. And I, I've seen kids come back from showcases or wherever they weren't, were like at some college showcase, whatever. And, Oh, I didn't throw good. I only, I only threw like 82 miles an hour. And they're like completely mentally broke because of what that radar gun said. Right. So I just, I don't know. I wish there was, I wish there was a magic word I can say for these kids to not just, especially about the radar gun. You know what I mean? And that's another topic I can get into too, because my, my son will do the same thing. He's like, dad, I think he's hit 84 one time and he's like 82 ish, whatever. Right. And he's like, I need to be throwing way harder. This is bad. This is a, I go, buddy, I topped out at 82 or 83 miles per hour in my senior year in high school. I go, you're going to be okay. And I get it. It's, it's the game's different. I mean, the radar gun that gets you drafted. I get it. But I just, I just wish kids would, instead of worrying about that radar gun, learn how to pitch. And that's why I'm enjoying coaching because I want to teach these kids how to pitch and teach catchers how to call games and really, you know what I mean? Really study the, the, the swing and how to miss barrels. Like I said earlier, that's, that's what I really enjoy. No doubt. And to that point, you know, as I, as I'm out scouting kids, there, there's so many kids that, that throw hard, right? They, they throw hard, but they don't know how to pitch. They're, right. we just, we, they're just throwers, you know, right. and they, they may throw over 90 miles an hour and, we're looking at the, the effort that they put into it, you know, max effort, the head's off to the side. They're not even looking. Um, right. They have no breaking ball. When they, they throw one out of 10 breaking balls for a strike, have no feel right. for a change up. And, but, but I throw 93, you know, so <laughs> for me, that doesn't do anything for me. Maybe that shows some arm strength, but you know, that we're obviously when you're looking at, I tell kids, if you're looking at go, if you have a high draft pick type kid in your area, that's considered like a, a top two rounder, let's say, um, those are pretty rare. But if you find those kids in your area, go watch them pitch. Like right. what is different about them? You know, yeah. they're, they're probably tall, lean. They have three pitches. They throw strikes, how they do it. They're athletic, all these, these, these things that kind of apply to it. But there's only a certain percentage of kids that fit that category every year. All the rest are like, so you could say your son, He's, he's maybe doesn't blow up the, the radar gun, 
but he's learning how to pitch now. And as he gets stronger and like you graduating at 150 pounds, by the time he gets to college, maybe he's like 180, 190. Now he can pitch. Right. And and now he's probably is caught up to those other kids that can maybe throw hard, but still don't know how to pitch. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Well, awesome, dude. This has been great. Uh, I wanted to bring you on because I knew you, you would have some great insight for us. And, uh, you know, what, what stood out to me is like a lot of times we talk about confidence, you know, and I tell kids confidence is something you do. You know, it's it, you can't rely on whether I was one for four or oh for four or three for four and all of a sudden I'm confident or not. Right. It, it's something that yeah. we just go out and do it and it's a choice we make. So, for sure. yeah, dude, I appreciate coming on board. I know, uh, uh, we'll probably be seeing you this summer, you know, at some point in some tournaments and as I'll be yeah. floating around watching Gorman and all this other stuff and watching your kid as well. So, uh, but you have anything else for us before we leave? No, that's about it. I just wanted to touch it. Like I, I was just going to bring this up real quick, but yeah. um, it's the hardest part I have getting through the kids is um, like if they have a bad at bat, they just, and it's, it's easy for us as coaches to say, Hey, don't worry about it. You got another at bat coming, but they just, they can't process it to let it go. You know what I mean? And, and especially a lot of kids that I see, even on, on, at Gorman, I'll see them take it to the field and they're out there just so upset. So, I mean, and I know it's easy for us to say, hey, forget about it. Let's go. We've got a long, long game left. But that's what I would want to get through to the kids. Like, this, you're not going to be perfect in this game. Like we were talking about earlier, you've got to be able to, if you don't have a short memory, this game will get you fast. Yeah. And I guess that's one of the pluses I had. My, my memory was so short. Like I could give up a three run. I gave a three run homer in Yankee stadium to Jeter. You know what I mean? And I was back out there the next day closing and I got to save the next day at Yankee stadium. So it's just like, you've got to be able to have that short memory. I think the short memory will give kids confidence. No doubt. No doubt. That's awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate coming on board here. This has been very, a uh, lot of information being able to come from a, uh, a bullpen type mindset, you could say right. that probably still has, you're probably really think you're a shortstop still, but you just I do. Pitcher. <laughs> I, I tell everybody, I was out there every day with Omar Vizquel taking ground balls until yeah. the coaches kicked me out. <laughs> yeah. Like risky, get back there. Go shag, <laughs> right. Well, this has been great, man. I appreciate coming on board and uh, where do you, uh, are you a social media type guy? Do you post anything online to help out kids? Um, not really, not really, but I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to throw out where you, where people can follow you at to get information from you, feel free. Yeah. I'm just, I got Instagram, you know, DRisky05. And that's, that's basically all I do. I don't do the Twitter or anything, just Instagram. Cool. Cool. So awesome, man. Well, again, I appreciate coming on board and we'll see you soon. Okay. See you later. Thanks. Thanks, man. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that with Dave Risky. Dave's a good friend, lives out in Vegas here. A lot of great insight coming from a middle reliever and his mindset, his perspective, and how he's helping out high school coaches here in the area. If you feel like you need some more help in regards to just your personal growth and mental skills course, if you head over to mentaledge.training, you'll find that course information's there for you can go through and look for it. It's where I can be your personal coach, guide you through this whole process. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.